This is your host, Mark Leon Goldberg. The United Nations put out a rather harrowing statistic this week, saying that some 1,500 women, mostly Yazidi and other ethnic minorities in northern and western Iraq, are being held as sex slaves by Sunni extremists. I speak with the UN Special Representative for Sexual Violence and Conflict, Zainab Hawabangura, who details the condition of these women. She discusses what we know about how these women were kidnapped, where they're being held, and under what conditions they've been able to escape. Uh, It's a really tragic and, and disturbing story, but an important one as the humanitarian condition in northern Iraq continues to deteriorate. Here it is, my conversation with Zainab Hawa Bangura, the UN Special Representative for Sexual Violence and Armed Conflict. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. They are mostly from the minority groups in in Iraq, but of course, which includes Yazidis, Christians, Sokmen, Shia, and Shabak. We know that the majority of them are Yazidis because a specific area where they were actually um, kidnapped actually is a stronghold of the Yazidi. And from the information we have from the mission and from the Human Rights Commission in Iraq, um, the men were actually killed and the women and the children were taken away. And we have information that hundreds of them are in a state prison in Mosul, and the rest of them, we don't know where they are. So that's why we're very extremely worried. And the speculation is that some of them have actually been given out as sex slaves to Islamic State fighters, which is actually um, the same strategy that the Islamic State has used in Iraq. So this is a continuation of what they have been doing in Syria as well. So let's talk about that. What do we know based on past reports in Syria about how they operate? Um, You know that they are an extreme group. So if you don't believe in their ideology, they actually um, target you specifically to try to convert you. If you don't, they execute you. And with the case of the Yazidi, which is different in the case of Syria, they call them satanic because of the specific um, religion, the practice. They, they look at them, you have the word in Islam, you call kafri, which is satanic. And so they don't even give them the option to convert. As far as they are concerned, these are people you have to destroy. 
so which is worse than what we have in Syria. But in the experience in Syria, the women normally who are abducted are given as sex slaves. They are paid for by, by to Islamic um, state fighters. And so these are the people who take them as concubines and others, etc. So it's systematic, it's used, because they, they, their philosophy is more religious. They are fighting for religious reasons. So as a result of that, people who do not agree with them are punished or destroyed, or you get rid of them. And so you mentioned that there are some 500 women and girls believed to be held in a prison in Mosul. Yes. Uh, can you describe what we know of that situation? Um, the challenge we have first and foremost is that accessibility is very difficult. But some of the women who have managed to escape are saying that the women are constantly being raped. They are taken out and sold. And some of the women have started committing suicide because the, the minority group where the Yazidi comes in, you do not accept a woman who is being raped. So obviously, even the men in the, in, in, um, in, from this uh, group prefers for these women to be dead than alive. So these women are, are locked up in this prison. They are constantly being raped. They are sold as slaves. So a lot of them are committing suicide. And we're having very difficult challenge in actually accessing them. So, and, and the information you do receive, though, is mostly from women who have escaped and presumably have, have spoken with uh, yes. people from the United Nations? Yes, the United Nations, the, the Iraqi Human Rights Commission, the um, Yazidi communities, you know, the women who are fighting for them, and of course the UN mission. The UN mission is actually taking the lead. We're, we're in contact with them on a regular basis, several times during the day to be able to get as much information as we can. And what, what are you hearing from them? What was the, your latest uh, you know, conversation, your latest update like? Um, the latest update is that they are continuing to monitor the situation. They are also trying, the challenge we have with the UN mission is that, you know, it doesn't have a military. So they cannot protect and defend the women. So this is the reason why they are encouraging us to bring the information out to be able to find a way to protect these women and actually try to help them. Because the UN mission itself in Iraq has no military component, so they cannot do anything. All they try to do is to generate the information and tell us how difficult and challenging the situation is. But more specifically for the women from the Yazidi, as I said, they target them, they call them satanic. They, so they don't give them an option. So it's not an option like you convert, and we forgive you. The Yazidi women, there's no, there's no concept of forgiveness or conversion. They, you, are, you are seen, you are arrested, you are abducted. So you are either killed, the men, and then with the women, you're actually sold as a sex slave. And so we're very worried about that reason because they have very little window of opportunity to maneuver. That's why we specifically are talking about them. And, but and, the, because the other communities are given an opportunity. And you, you've said that some uh, Yazidi women have managed to escape. Presumably they're in Kurdish-controlled areas, which is, yes. is obviously safer. 
Are there any provisions of like psychological or, or social psychosocial help that are being made to reach these women who presumably have have suffered some egregious abuses? Oh, definitely, because UNHCR, OCHA, WFP, the huge humanitarian um, um, agencies are actually part of the UN action against sexual violence in conflict. And part of the discussion we've been having with UNHCR and the others is to make sure the issue of sexual violence is actually identified right from the beginning. I've had that discussion several times with Antonio of UNHCR with Barry as well. So they are particularly looking for it. And you know the, U, the U, United States program um, um, starts from the beginning. You know, they, they, Kerry has put in some resources to be able to make sure the issue of sexual violence is addressed right from the beginning of humanitarian assistance. Oh, so you're saying that, that no. when the recent humanitarian assistance was approved by the United States, that John Kerry made sure that some of that money went to... Uh, UNHCR. The program is called Safe from the Start. It was launched during the General Assembly last year, mm-hmm. and it's put up money. I think it was initially $10 million. When I was in Washington within the last um, week, I was informed by the, the division that is dealing with humanitarian and the assistance sector of state for humanitarian actually said that the resources is going to be increased because of the scale of challenges we're having. And you know, the, the UK also launched the protection of women and girls during emergencies in, in November last year. So all of that is basically to make sure that when you're dealing with, with women and girls during humanitarian crisis like this, you have to be able to make sure that sexual violence is actually addressed. So uh, it's being mainstream in the support that is provided to them, which of course includes medical services, psychosocial trauma counseling. Uh, so going forward, um, you know, presumably these uh, U.S. airstrikes will continue, but ISIS, you know, th- there seems to be no plan to totally defeat ISIS. How or what can your office do or can anyone do to try to stop this, uh, the, you know, the, the abduction of, of women? Well, we're trying to make sure uh, we're in discussion with everybody, especially within the United States um, government, and we are very sure that the action that the United States is taking to try to protect uh, the women who are up in the mountain, as well as providing humanitarian corridor, will also take into consideration how you can protect women, because they are the most vulnerable. So we are talking to everybody, the UK um, and, and all the meetings we are having. You, you heard about the statement that Secretary General made yesterday, and he specifically spoke about the issue of um, um, sexual violence against these women. So obviously, we just have to be able to make sure that every action that is being taken, we can provide the necessary support to where. I will be visiting the Middle East um, in October, November, to be able to presently engage and talking to governments here, the Arab countries in the UN, to be able to see what we can do to make sure that we address the issue of sexual violence. My trip will take me to Turkey, Lebanon, um, um, Jordan, and then Syria, most likely. Uh, well, uh, Ms. Bengura, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. Obviously, this is a very dire situation. Uh, Ms. Bengura has an interesting personal history herself. I learned some of it when I spoke to her back in 2013 for a short podcast interview. You can hear that conversation in the episode called Live from the UN, Volume 1 in 2013.
So subscribe to Global Dispatches on iTunes. Check us out on UN Dispatch, and we'll see you next time. Bye.